right, y'all, before we start, because some of y'all be tripping, under the advice of counsel, I got to add that the views, thoughts, opinions that are expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone. They do not represent my employer. All right, let's go. What's up, y'all? We are back with another episode of Reach My Force Finest, the podcast, and we still got Drake in the building from Everything Culture. Y'all, the conversation was too good for me to end it right there. I still got questions, so we got we to gotta continue this. Okay. Now, last episode, we left off because you about to come up missing. Because you're talking about the privatization of foster care in Harris County. Yes. What does that, what could it possibly, what could that possibly look like? I'm scared for you a little bit, but go ahead. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, they come see me. God got me. So <laughs> the thing is with privatization of foster care. So the investigation is still going to be to the state. Okay. But with the privatization of foster care, it's going to be led by foster agencies. Now, I do like the foster agency that's in Region 6 a mm-hmm. and which is the Pelchin. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember that. I know that center. I know that name. <laughs> well, Seen that name in some paperwork it and some R-C. art. Yes, okay. Yes, All right. R- it does have mm-hmm. the juice. Yes, it does. So that is like the lead over becoming a foster parent. Um, if you would like to have rule over custody of children, like with remember I talked about fictive Fic- kin. Mm-hmm. I talked about relatives. If you wanted to become a licensed or overall caregiver, mm-hmm. you have to go through the Pelchin to become that. Okay, that is interesting. Where I became, I don't think I mentioned earlier, I was a foster parent for a short period of time. No, for, no, you didn't. For relatives, mm-hmm. shout out to the foster parents and the relative caregivers. Okay. Never again. <laughs> um, so I did that um, short period while I was, you know, as a trainer mm-hmm. in the work that I'm doing. And once again, good program, a solid. But there's some other ones I'm not so fond of. Okay. But if you think of... You want to drop their name or not? I'll drop it later on everything. Okay. I'm going to keep you safe. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely going to drop it on mine. Okay. But, um, and it's just because I've had some foster parents from those agencies that had some very racist views. Mm. And it's, once again, if it's one or two, it's one thing, but I've had like four or five, six. Mm-hmm. And I have other stories with other... I have a problem. That's something that comes from the agency that allowing these people to become foster parents and caring for people. Just like they're allowing them to become teachers. But Absolutely. But that's another thing. A hundred percent. And principals and, and superintendents. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, you're right there. And that's something we touched on with everything culture. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about how we need to step up as well. Mm-hmm. But when it's going to be difficult at times, hopefully it all works out. If it's ideal, like they say, it's going to be. It everything should be happy. The kids are gonna get more um, care. Um, parents are gonna be more prepared, and it's gonna be better for the court system in total. But just like a lot of other things that are privatized in this world, like or the in prison American, system, correct. Mm-hmm. This could be troubling, especially for people who look like you and mm-hmm. I, because I've seen we talk about what the school, the prison, the pipeline. I, it's, people forget about CPS. 
because that's another way to integrate. Unfortunately, we talk about the levels of care, especially with kids that may, you talked about it on your platform Mm numerous times, how we're targeted at times, Mm -hmm. how because we may have some emotional outbreaks or views or behaviors instead of us giving time. Mm -hmm. Imagine it's happening at CPS when you have numerous other eyes on you and lenses that may not have the best interest for you in total as well. And I know we're going to touch about education surrogates later Mm -hmm. also, but it's hard where now you have a privatized system which money. Mm-hmm. When this was brought to my attention seven years ago, I'll never forget. This again, this has been in the makings. Mm-hmm. I was so disturbed hearing this because this is like when I brought up to you, like, what? what? Yeah. When they brought up to me, I was like, and I was looking around the classroom or the training room to my peers, and I'm like, why aren't we standing up yelling and screaming right now? Mm-hmm. Do y'all know how bad this is? I was already on the disproportionality committee of talking about how we are overly represented in CPS custody, and we're not the majority of children in the the, the county mm-hmm. or in care, but we're it's harder for us to get back home. Right. We got to pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. And when we're going to a re- you go from a foster home to a residential treat- treatment center to possibly a psychiatric center or to a juvenile justice center, you're in that line of you, you, your record has been made. Right. So <clears throat> I'm very mindful now that the system is like money. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of money in these with these kids. I've heard people talk, toss around like titled like million dollar kids. You know, you had was it was it platinum plus, platinum plus. Mm-hmm. million dollars? Yeah, she's worth a lot of money. Okay, mm-hmm. not only to the system, but also people on the street. It's once people don't care about Christ. people. People care about the use of people, and it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Why return a kid home if you get money out of any time? Right. Because the foster agencies are the ones who are getting paid. Not always the relatives. Mm-hmm. Not the uh, fictive kin at times, but it's the foster agency who get paid. Like with a residential treatment center. Like it's like it's a lot of money. Now, the one that we mentioned earlier, shout out to Kids Harbor. Um, or kids because you got boys and girls harbor and you got kids harbor. Mm-hmm. Kids, harbor kids harbor is one of the, and I would shot them out there one of the best RTCs I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Now they're not perfect because one thing because the whole system's not perfect right. because it's a people system mm-hmm. and people are not perfect. I, I want to say that they even hired some of the counselors that are where kids and care themselves yeah, yeah. before, mm-hmm. and they would still give time, and I appreciate that. But it's still a work in progress, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of, I've had a lot of success stories mm-hmm. with Kids Harbor. But touch on a little bit more about the custody. Let's say if a kid is doing well, mm-hmm. if a kid is doing well in the RTC, you know they ain't smoking no more, they ain't cussing no more, they ain't drinking. Guess what happens? The love of care drops. Yay. The money drop though. The money drop. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. And kids hardly like they can't stay here any longer because it's not conducive to our. <sighs> so now they may go into a placement that may not give them the top of attention, and they have to be transferred out of schools as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everything their whole life shifts. Yeah. And they may be hopefully be placed in another home that can give them the attention they may need mm-hmm. and the eyes and the resources. Or they may start to recant and regress and start doing behaviors. Okay, you, you touched on something that made my ADHD click. Okay. So, speaking of facilities that may or may not be Kids Harbor, okay. <clears throat> you talked about all the money that's in these places. Mm-hmm. When I look at certain places that are not Kids Harbor, mm-hmm. they are very dated. 
as yeah. far as the facilities are concerned. I am confused as to why facilities are stuck in the 80s when all this money is coming through. I remember visiting a facility that's not Kids Harbor mm -hmm. and seeing, oh, they got a computer lab. This is dope. But they're like big old humpback IBM computers. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is 2023. Mm. But you got a computer lab. Okay. We got a library. Oh, this is cool. You got a library in the facility. Mm, why are these fern? This is like stuff in my grandma's house. Like, yeah. yeah. where's the money? Where's the money going? That's the answer I may not know. Mm. I can tell you that, like, but I would love to bring people um, and facilities who are Kids Harbor and who are not Kids Harbor mm -hmm. to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from people directly. Yeah. You know, I remember when Kids Harbor, and I am talking about Kids Harbor now. Mm -hmm. I remember when they started, They, I remember seeing them build a whole new building. Mm -hmm. And I remember them like changing and making. And put IBM computers in there. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, where is this money going? I know mm -hmm. they have farmland. I know how placements. I don't know. I don't know how much these things may cost. Mm -hmm. But I would say something not holding against because of where these kids want to go if not going there. Right. But I remember to the point where they used to have co-ed facilities. Mm -hmm. They still have them? Mm -hmm. oh, that's crazy. So, for instance, when I, I talk about it, when I used to drop some kids off, I don't know how y'all were at 16. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know how I was at 16, 17. If you placing me in a facility yeah. where somebody going to be in their 20s, watching me overnight overnight yeah they they the 20 y'all gotta you know hey mm -hmm. but you gotta have somebody my age that's uh opposite sex across the hall from me mm -hmm. it was legal yeah i used to drive i used to borrow cars and sneak through windows at that age this is and it's wild okay it, it's really i'm wild. laughing because i may or may not have done that hey, hey don't incriminate yourself but it's just seeing Mama, that, i'm just playing but you know she ain't but seeing it as an adult Right. It's just like, yeah. what is happening here? But you have to think, it's 11 o'clock at night. I got to place this kid somewhere. I got to get home to my yeah. you know, home, okay? Yeah. I remember <clears throat> in a place that's not Kids Harbor. So huge hallway in this facility, mm -hmm. right? Yes, yes, yes. And maybe on the left side is yes. the girls. Mm -hmm. On the right side is the boys. And yes. I know in another facility that's in the rural area, in the Houston area, they do hire, they call them like overnight watchmen yeah. or something well, like that. Do. Because the actual workers, because we residential treatment people that work there, they're there, right? They they work there, but they're there too. Yeah. So let's say one of my friends, he has a, a 96-hour shift. Mm. So four days on, four days off. But yeah. his 24 hours, he is there on the facility, on the grounds with those kids, right? Yeah. So they have to have somebody to come in at night so they can at least, like, rest yes. or sleep a little bit, right? Yeah. So they have a night watchman that comes in. But let's say, not at this facility, because I think this facility is awesome. I'm not saying anything about them. Yeah. But let's say we have a random facility in the world, and the night watchman, like you said, is a 20-year-old. They on their phone. Hell, they sleep because they somebody told them this was a good little lick for you to get a, some extra change for college or whatever. It. And you you low-key, you got your head cocked back. You sleep. Mm -hmm. Bet. I know such and such going to sleep. Here we come. Yeah. And this goes back to even in facilities where they're where, that are not co-ed, but you got those two hypersexual kids mm -hmm. that are placed in these facilities that may be two hypersexual girls, two hypersexual Absolutely. boys. And then we can say ab abuse, because hell, you're in the systems, it's still considered abuse, I'm assuming. And children come up, children come across from that. Children will come from that as well. Mm -hmm. SCDs will come from that as well. A lot of conversations are not like and me being a caseworker and me being a guardian lighter, mm -hmm. I would have to have these conversations with these kids, mm -hmm. especially me being a black male. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
they called me it's one of my first um requests when I moved over to child advocates. I, it was a 16-year-old boy come from a family of 11. Mm-hmm. All of them were in care. Um, um, and the caseworker, a black woman. The volunteer, a white woman. The attorney, a white woman. Everybody else involved was a woman. The caregiver was a woman. And his, they were like, can you talk to him about his hygiene and him masturbating? Mm-hmm. Can I say hello to the young man first? You know, hi, my name is. Mm-hmm. But they are like, we really need this. This is something going on. We're all nervous. Me, oh, no problem. Go out there. You know, I go to the home. Mm-hmm. Step in. Introduce myself. Um, it's the light. It's middle of the day. Sun out. Mm-hmm. But dark blinds and the lights are out in the house. So the way I operate. When I'm walking through your house, especially, let's turn these lights on. Right. I don't know where things out. I turn the light on once, you turn the lights off behind me. And once I'm being respectful, I say, hey, can you keep these lights on? Well, I'm trying to save on electricity. Mm-hmm. You can, but you have guests. Once again, this is younger me. Mm-hmm. And I still stand by it, but I go in the room, finally get to the room, I see him. And she's like, well, he's in here. You can talk to him in here. It's him. Two of the bears in the room. He's by himself. No other people in there. He's playing a game of life by himself. Mm. Um, introduce myself, who I am. I'm Mr. Drake. I'm your court-appointed advocate, supervisor. I'm here to represent your best interests and needs at this moment. You know, I'll be here for this amount of time on your case. Um, you know, I've read through your case file a little bit. I'm here to represent for your siblings as well. And, yeah, I'm going to be visiting you once per month. You know, I'd love to know more about you. You can share it with me about you. I will be checking in. I will be testifying in court for things you share with me. I represent your best interests. I don't represent your wants, but I want to hear your wants as well. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you say, did they tell you that I was molested by my last foster parent? Um. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how? what are your thoughts about that? Well, how are you feeling about that now? You know, and he would just say, you know, it's hard, you know, but I'm here now. You know, so what do you like to do? And I was like, I like to go outside. I like to ride a bike, but I'm not allowed to do that. I said, you know, what do you want to do? I want to work, but I'm not allowed to do that. I want to go to my friends, but I'm not allowed to do that. I got to stay here and do this, this, and that. And so I said, what do you do all day? He was like, just this, lay around, go. Wow. Play. And like, I'm just looking at this. I, I haven't talked anything about the masturbation. I'm like, he's 16. He's going through. What do you think he's going to do with nothing else to do in mm-hmm. the household? He don't have any other actions, not any other sports. When I asked when I, I talked to him about hygiene, you know, cleaning up ourselves, and nobody, nobody ever taught him any. Y'all not things, talking to the know? baby. And it's just like he said, he's put on the island. He's he set out to fail, and he shared something like later on that, you know, it breaks my heart because he was in numerous foster homes because we got him removed to from that foster home. We had him placed with siblings for a little bit, then with mm-hmm. another one, then we had him placed finally in Pearland to a great foster parent that's in Pearland, but. Something one of the saddest things that he ended up passing away, mm. you know, uh, at the age of 19 after he aged out of care. And but before that, he asked us before, you know, stepping off the case when he was 18 was. He's a way I can like. um, Get a case against the state. Oh, wow. Because I feel like they ruined my life. You know, I was never abused and neglected with my mother. Oh, you know? It was a, the mother. She had substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. All her children kept testing positive um, for crack cocaine in mm-hmm. the system. And one come in, they just remove another and another one and another one. And she said, "He said I wasn't sexually abused in my mother's care. 
I was in the same mm. home. I was at school. I mean, heartbreaking, 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 heartbreaking. And it just made me I always had that different look, but hearing it from the mouth of the child, mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, the intentions are well. But he, this was the same kid that the foster parent took his gifts away. This was a different, the, that was the foster home he was at where they want him to talk about masturbation. He went to say with his siblings, that, that's foster parents there, end up taking the, the gifts away from them and giving to other, their kids. Went to a different foster home, had issues there. Not until we were able to place in the foster home Paraland that he was doing well. And seeing that child monthly and deal with these issues and behaviors is heartbreaking. So, and I don't know where he would be without his volunteer, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And also just with me stepping in, just mm-hmm. giving some advice being from a male. And it, it's that representation that's necessary. There's some male foster parents out here. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. It's not. Yeah. It's some male volunteers out here. They're not enough. Attorneys, not enough. And we like to say, oh, it doesn't matter. But it does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It makes, when, when I talk often about <clears throat> teachers pressing kids' buttons before they walk through the door, teachers not knowing what kids are going through, teachers mm-hmm. believing that all kids should be rigid compliers and do exactly what I tell you to do and speak exactly how I want you to speak and whatever, whatever, not knowing what's going on, what these kids are going home mm-hmm. to every day, um, knowing that you, even if they don't like you, are probably the, the safest they'll be mm. today. Seriously. And and us needing to be more empathetic, just just. Man, there are some of us that are great at what we do. There are some of us, and I talk about this often, who I wish they would get y'all up out these school systems because you're doing more harm than good. Same thing as the the whole foster care child Mm -hmm. welfare system, from the judges, the attorneys, Mm -hmm. to the caseworkers, Mm -hmm. to the foster parents, to the family group conference facilitators. Mm -hmm. If you burn out, leave. Please. Once again, the job is hard. Yeah. Job is very hard. It's very stressful. We talked about in the last episode how you don't get paid worth mm-hmm. nothing. You get paid. You got to pay more. You get paid more, but still, the work is not there. Uh, but I, the money is. It was just crazy. We just talked about the, how how much money is. Just like with education, the money, yeah. It's what y'all trying to spend it on. You ain't trying you know, to spend it on us. Agreed. But with us, it's the ones that leave. When mm-hmm. I was talking to the judges, if I was getting treated fairly and paid well, I would still be there. Mm. I love the work. Mm-hmm. I'll volunteer and do it now and get paid somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I know the impact I've made within the work that I've done. But when I say it was to the point when I was at CPS, mm-hmm. I couldn't move my neck sometimes. It was some point I got so stressed out, I was stiff up. Wow. And like, I didn't know what it was. I would freak out because I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is it? I never had that experience. It was because of work. I started going to therapy because of work. Not because of any abuse and neglect I received in my childhood, mm-hmm. or in the, it was because of my job. That's crazy. And I joke, I used to go and speak to wraparound specialists and mm-hmm. things, and I go out to the schools and because I used to help raise, get raised, and have um, school supplies for the mm-hmm. teachers and all that. And I'm like, we got to work together. Mm-hmm. We are all community. And I used to talk to them about what we did as guardian items and when we need information while we step in the courts and yada yada yada. But I'll talk about how hard it was. And I never forget some teachers in there like, our job is hard. I don't know what you're talking about, this, this, and that. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you, but it was always about two, three other teachers in there like, hey, 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 mm-hmm. hey, 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 hey. I was a caseworker before I became a teacher. Yeah. There's a reason I became a teacher. You don't want to yeah. deal with that type of stuff from investigations. You don't have to worry about going to someone at home potentially getting kidnapped no. or like tied up. You don't have to, oh, you go see some things. Like, when you, some parents are hoarders. Mm-hmm. 
you come into some places and you go see that not on TV. You go yeah. be in it's it. It's real life. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you people have dirty diapers t- piled up and things of that nature, I'm talking about. And you still have to be professional. Right. You still have to because when you step into someone's home, especially a child's home, you can't treat them like mm-hmm. any type of way. Even when they're the parents, you may not like what they're doing, but you still that's still that child's parent mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You're gonna hear some things that you go to court and some judges. I know we all saw when that judge jumped, when that guy jumped mm-hmm. over the um, mm-hmm. the judges. Oh, I can't even think mm-hmm. the name of it. But I'm like, I've seen judges say way, yeah. way worse. And I know that person. People like they're gonna throw the book at him. Oh, you have no idea what's mm-hmm. about to happen. I've seen judges make attorneys cry. Wow. I've seen attorneys make other attorneys cry. I've seen it's it's. Hard out there. It's crazy. You got to have tough skin, but the whole time I'm focusing on, I'm fighting for my kids. For the kids. So let's 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 touch on education because I, I talked about this in the last segment. A lot of times we don't know the full story of the kid. We don't know what's in that file. We don't know what's in that folder. We don't know what number household this is or that kid within yeah. that school year. Yeah. We just don't know. We just know we get this kid. He's new. They're new. And deal with it. We 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 may y'all may tell us that they're in custody. They're they're a ward of the state. Right. May tell us that. You may say if they come with with an IEP or a BIP, we may have a little bit of information about that. Depending on how well their last case manager wrote up their IEP or their Same BIP. Thing. I love um the very first page I go to when I'm getting a vote a, a kid in that has um an IEP or a BIP. I go to the deliberations. Mm-hmm. I go to that last page. I want to read as much information about that is possible but sometimes people they don't really doing their paperwork like they're supposed to so it's vague you don't know what you're getting so let's talk about the confidentiality Ooh. and let's talk about education sur- surrogates so with the confidentiality is that now i'm gonna say this in the most professional way okay you know what do people used to say if you're sweet the sweetness get honey or Lord, bees Lord, or flies yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. be nice and cordial and mm-hmm. build that consistent relationship they're most going to open up because they see oh, yeah. the interest. Mm-hmm. But you, you'll be in a, um, a teacher, if you ask even the foster parent at the time, hey, when you have court, is court is during school hours. Mm-hmm. But if you find somewhere, you can go to court and sit down in the back and hear what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the information is confidential for the best interest of the child um, overall and the parents because – but. I do appreciate when teachers used to give me information, mm-hmm. especially ones the schools. I used to go back to the schools they went to when they used to live with their parents at times. Because mm. usually they're not going to be in the same school. No. I've had times with, because the other thing, they need to know the, it's what you need, what you need to know basis. Mm-hmm. That's what need to mm-hmm. know basis. Yep. For instance, they do they need to be around their parent. Like their mother is not allowed to come pick them up. Why? There's a current, it's a legal case happening right now. In the custody of the state, you now that's all you need to know. That's all but that's what true. happened? Sorry, see, because the thing is, people talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I was in high school before. Were y'all in high school before? Yeah, I don't know what high type the of high school y'all went to. to. The teachers, <laughs> those um, facilitators, those secretaries. I never forget when a secretary came to me and said, "I heard you messing with so and so. You need to leave that girl alone." Uh. First of all, ma'am, mind your business. <laughs> Second of all. Thank you for Thank that you advice for in my me. life because God is that uh, my life is completely different. Um, but that's my point. How did they even get to oh, you? Oh, baby, we know everything. You feel me? We the messiest. Well, we the messiest so profession. That's why I hate need to, say that. to know yeah. faces right there because them kids listen. They listen and y'all talk. Yes, 
But that's the reason for confidentiality so much. And it could affect the case in the long mm-hmm. run. Yeah. But if it gets to the wrong person, the parent, family member, or the child, and they start recanting and putting things together, mm-hmm. that can throw the whole thing off representing mm-hmm. the needs of that child. So mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest part of it. <sighs> All um, right. Now let's talk about education, education surrogacy. <clears throat> so you didn't talk about the behavior intervention plans. Mm-hmm. You talked about the... Um, Education individual plans. Am I right about that? Individual education plans. Individual mm-hmm. IEPS. Yes, yes, yes. And the arts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, mission review and dismissal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Look at you. Uh, I'm trying to come together. Okay. I know you got. You know, little some. You know, little some. And okay. it came from the work. I have to step in. Right. So when we're stepping to the point, like me being a guardian item or me being a caseworker, mm-hmm. I don't have the time to be around all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially as a caseworker. Being the guardian at light, I'm dropping here and there, but I'm supposed to have a volunteer to really speak out. A lot, a lot of many of these judges, usually I say the great ones, mm-hmm. they care about the education of the children just okay. as much. So when you go to court, it's a whole section in the court report about their education, mm-hmm. their grades, their progress. If they have an R, they have a BIP, what is the process for that too? Mm-hmm. So not only you need to be involved there to report back to the court, but it's going to be responsible for it. you. You can get held in contempt mm-hmm. at time of court. Like, these, these judges, don't, the ones that care don't play. You, know, right. you talk about the parents all the time. How's the child doing in care now? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that child is in, has a, a BIP, okay, mm-hmm. while they're in the same school, that's great. But I just mentioned earlier, I've had kids in high school being six different placements. In one year. One year. Can you imagine being, y'all, think of, put yourself in this situation. So, who is that person really representing that child? That that caseworker gonna stick? Oh, and turnover rate for CPS is crazy. Right, I can so the imagine. caseworker may not be there. I've had thirteen caseworkers in one case before. And we're not talking about kids that. that are going house to house in the same city. We're talking about sometimes they could be in Houston. Next they, month they could be in Austin, Missouri City, yeah. Fort Worth, you name it. Oh, I've had I've had to fly kids Louisiana before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all these things will follow, and consistency is one of the biggest things children need for survival and for success. Mm-hmm. Just like if it's once again, I'm saying these things like it's common sense, but once again, we know that right. no such thing as common sense in my opinion. But when we have these kids that go in placement to placement placement, you need some type of consistency for them. Mm-hmm. And that paperwork, that education surrogate, when it's appointed, and it's everybody can become an education surrogate if certain parties, such as a guardian ally can do so, is so valuable. But it's a lot more work than just being a guardian and light them as well. That's a whole other responsibility you take on. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, you're able to really, hey, new teacher, hi, I'm Mr. Drake. How are you doing? Well, what's going on here? I know you got a lot going on. I know you may not care, but you go care about this job right here. If you know you're about this one right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to fight because they don't have fighters. And yeah. you said it before some of the best kids to do well is to teach the parents who are involved in the, t- the child's life mm-hmm. that cares and wants them want to see success for the teacher and the child. Mm-hmm. When the kids in foster care, how often do you see the foster parents? Mm. Never. Like, like, Unless they are harassing me. For paperwork so that they can increase their payment. Yeah, I said, said that. that. You Sorry. said that. That's you when I'll that. see them and that's when I'll hear from them. <laughs> but it's very rare that I'm going to see you just to say, hey, I came to support them. They don't even come to the basketball games or the football games of the children. And, that, and I actually get on to, I said, before you place this child on medication, what type of extracurricular uh, mm-hmm. activities are part of? That's in my court report. Mm-hmm. 
if they say nothing, then why are they still in this medication? If it's because oh. it's going to take their time, they don't have the they don't have the time. I just need the I gotta money. Speak, you know, I, and when I say verbatim, yeah, oh, the, the, I've taken kids to game now. When I was a caseworker, you had a lot of transport, but when you're a guardian and light, I mean, think maybe in maybe in Fort Bend you can't transport. Mm -hmm. I don't want to transport these kids. Mm -mm. But the thing is, I've chaperoned. Mm -hmm. I'll show up and I watch these kids at a game. I they need because nobody to have, is there. That's crazy. But they need to have this type of connection, this real world connection mm -hmm. that we other people may take for granted. Mm -hmm. These privileges they have, mm -hmm. we have. They need to have these type of interactions because they become adults and they're not going to have. The type of connection yeah. we may un the understanding mm -hmm. we may have, and they go they're gonna be in relationship. They're gonna be dating y'all kids. They, and mm, mm. all right, we talk, we talk, we talked about. <laughs> oh Lord, okay. So the education surrogate is their main goal is to follow the education progress of their child. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, none less. But they also can make decisions on when they need a art. Okay, they can make decisions. Like, or this is hey, we need to check up on them behaving in plan. Mm -hmm. Something's going wrong. They can make decisions for this child as well. Okay. They're like, just like you have a surrogate parent, mm -hmm. they're a the surrogate parent for the child for them in school. For school. Okay. So it's having another advocate for them, which they need as many advocates. They, mm -hmm. they have enough people trying to police them mm -hmm. and not enough people trying to support them. Mm -hmm. So the education surrogate, if you're able to take the teachers can be one. Okay. Oh, okay. Why not? Because it's a conflict of interest. Oh, if you're currently their teacher, yeah, you can't be there. You're currently a teacher. Oh. You can't be one. Oh wow! Because you get paid by the school, so you your that's your number one. Like I, as a teacher, it's mm -hmm. just like well, HR, right? You know, but your main focus should be the child. Mm -hmm. That that should be the number one focus. Then you can have others, but as a teacher, even as a, a caseworker, a CPS caseworker mm -hmm. cannot be an education surrogate because your main thing is you represent CPS, you represent the state, mm. the state school. Mm -hmm. All those go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So you usually have to be a volunteer or someone in a different entity of work to do so. What does a person need to become an education surrogate? Ooh. What qualifications so do you I was need? looking that up in Texas to get updated on it. So you do have to go through a training course. Okay. You have to have a clear background. Not fully clear. You can't have any feelings. Okay, no feelings. Unfortunately. I yeah. got a little weed case up there. Yeah, hey, you'll be okay. all right. You're all right. Not but, me, because I know my school dish should be watching. Not me, guys. <laughs> I'm just asking for everybody else. Clarification. Right. Um, And you have to have some skill. So that's the, the trainings will come with skill and knowledge and the time. The consistent. Make a mm. commitment, y'all. Is got to make the commitment. Got to make the commitment. Oh, some of us have commitment issues. Don't they, though? Don't they though? I've had people that sign up to represent a child, meet the family one time. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm good. What? No, no, you can't. When you step into this work, you have to step in understanding like, hey, that's why I say respect, mm -hmm. communication, and consistency. I'm here. I was about to ask you, have you met some of these parents? But you have. Oh, have I? How was those, I was about to ask oh. you, have you met parents? I still got, they, they still got my number. I haven't changed my number in about 15 years. Some of these parents will make you say, I'm good. Yes. I'm yes. good. So I've had, I've had to step out of some meetings before. Okay. I've had some parents that, and I, I can, you see me now, I'm lax right here. Mm -hmm. So I'm professional, suit and tie, come together, you know, speak proper and mm -hmm. how they want us to be. Um, but I've had some parents and it, once again, ones that have complete lack of empathy for their own child, mm -hmm. 
the ones are to the point of selfishness, mm-hmm. substance abuse or not. I'm still human too. Yeah. I've had to legit, I'm to the point that I started stuttering. Because you're so angry. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and shout out to, I used to have, you know, speech impediment as a child. Mm-hmm. But those teachers and those educators that really put the time in for that change. But when I say it came back to me, I was like, I had to step out the room mm. because I. Well, then you know the place of, of most teachers. Because sometimes you be. Yeah, to... Yes, yes. Because you see how some that don't care. Mm. And they, I was, when you work through this work and it's 13 different courts mm-hmm. in Harris County mm-hmm. that hear CPS cases. See, Harris kind of had the most amount of courts to hear CPS cases in the nation. So we have right. a lot of kids in Cary, y'all. And when you have some of these folks that come in there and it's a packed house, mm-hmm. packed house full of people, you have some parents that's been frequent visitors mm-hmm. and they keep having children. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when they you just go take them away. Some of them like look at them just as checks. Yeah. Verbatim, they would say these things. Well, you know, somebody else can come in looking just check, but finding these people who care about them is so important. But I've had times where I had a mother that we work in a course. You have a juvenile course. You have three juvenile courts here in Harris County. You got three fourteen, three fifteenth, and three thirteen. And the kid assaulted his mother. Mm-hmm. He assaulted his mother, and nobody asked the child initially why he saw his mother. It's just she called the police. They came in. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This is a Caucasian family. And the mother, the child's attorney, when he went to his juvenile case, outside in front of the juvenile case, like, why did you jump on your mom, man? Why did you do that? He was like, well, she was, we was at a hotel room because the mother didn't have a place. She just lived pillar to post. Mm-hmm. I mean, hotel, place to place. Right. People don't know. And she was like, you know, she, when her boyfriends came over and, you know, I was sitting down playing on my DS, um, on the Nintendo, and look over and she was giving him a fellatio. <laughs> With the baby in the room? On the bed. Not just on the room, but on the bed. So this um, 13-year-old young man jumped on the mother and him. Okay? Which a lot of people, I don't know how some people react. You know, Mm. some people may play like, you know, what is going on? And not only to that, you know, we find out later. And from his attorney, like, this is a child abuse case. Mm -hmm. Made a report to intake. Intake come out. The Full reports start coming back of a many. This child's been in care four different times. This is it's been like thirteen calls of CPS. He's been sexually molested by her other boyfriends like three times out of his life. Okay, consistent abuse all throughout his life. And me coming in as a guardian litem now, how he keep going back to her to her right? You know, and but so that's what we talked about earlier. Yes. Like when we say, well, how the hell y'all keep letting this happen? She know how to work with scientists. Clearly, okay. I can only say because she's a white woman, but she come in, she know the steps one, two, and three. Um, she know how to cry to court, and she tried me. I'm I'm black and white women to come down to it. Mm. I mean the paperwork and the actions and mm-hmm. behaviors. She brought the person who was driving her to court was one of the people who molested him before. In stop life. it! We got and coming to court and coming to court and what we figure with. Oh, I'll tell you, this is this is all building up to the point we had a family group conference, and she would. She would abuse substances, and she would use something called the Holy Trinity, okay? mm-hmm. where she would mix prescription pills. Mm-hmm. And there's three different prescriptions. I'm going to say the type mm-hmm. that I want everybody hearing this and trying to use it themselves, right. but it would give the same effect to heroin. All mm-hmm. right? And Houston has a lot of pill mills. Once again, yes, a lot, a lot of people may. I'm just telling the truth. Yeah, you know th- these are the facts. And she every time she met me, she would give me her prescriptions, and then she would say, "Who are you again?" 
ma'am, this is my fifth time in. You done gave me your social security number, all these things. High as a kite. Every time. And we was in this meeting, and we were stating what he's been through. This is where everybody come together and mm-hmm. he's been through. And she was like, well, we wouldn't be here in the first place if he didn't call CPS. He wouldn't have snitched on me. Like, I can oh. do this, this, and that. And her thing, and I, and he, and we talked about everything. It was his fault. She didn't want to take responsibility for anything. And well, that's when I was like, I was trying to explain, and I was like, step because now I'm pissed. Yeah, let me step out. Let me step out. And my volunteer and other people see me step out. They're like, he just needs some space. And they're like, they'll never see me get upset. I'm, and even this was some time ago. I'm still. This is what seven years ago. That's maybe, crazy. This may have been ten years ago actually, mm-hmm. and it still upset me. And I and I'm still empathetic for her, mm-hmm. even though that's the type of human being I am. That child, he's in prison now. It's like we wish we would have got him earlier. Mm-hmm. And and then you go back to think, and this it's a cycle because mm-hmm. you were you clearly mom had to be you had some shit going on yeah with you because yeah. yeah. this is and she has other children yeah too, and now and when the other children come and she did not just full, and other children with other people mm-hmm. but she just didn't understand like why my kids been taken away with from me and so a lot of them they're like I'm just gonna have another one. Oh my god. We gonna end. I can't take no more. I know. I know. This and, this is why. This is why me and my uh, my ex husband. I'm so glad that when he did make the transition, he left CPS to go to teaching, which is hell, yeah. into one mess to another. And I, I gotta say this. Mm-hmm. You know, but we need teachers. Mm-hmm. We need, we need and, y'all. Yeah, we need. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's what's one of the things is, what do we do as individuals? Period. Mm-hmm. As human beings. Like, if you want to break it all in the black community, mm-hmm. when you see abuse and neglect happening, mm-hmm. not only in the community, in your family, what do you do? You don't know that it's abuse and neglect because it happened to you. So you think, and you came out okay, so you feel like, and that's our problem. That's a whole nother show. We'll get back to that. That's that's a whole nother show that we'll have. We're going we gonna to stop right here because I can't take no more CPS stories. I'm, I'm just sorry. I can't I can't take it. Because I see you upset about it. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. It's enough as a teacher. So I am... Glad that I'm not. You'll never hear me saying y'all do more than or we do more than y'all because I honestly can say we do a lot, but I, I never want to read. We, I'm yeah. talking about being nosy and knowing what's going on with the kid. Now I change you my come, mind. Tell, I don't want to court. Know. You can be mm. like, what? I'm, I'm good. I tell people just go to court. You won't watch any daytime television. I think now I hope teachers are listening. And when we're always complaining that the counselors don't tell us anything or the child advocates don't tell us anything, now it's official that I'm glad that they don't tell us. I couldn't. I couldn't handle that because mm. I be wanting to take them all home. But we got to do it together. We do. You know, High teamwork. five. Teamwork. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Again, long time coming. I'm yeah. glad we finally made it to this spot. I appreciate you. Let's not make it the last time. I appreciate what you do. Never. Never that. So thank you again for coming. And thank y'all for checking us out. We'll be out. Be back next time. This podcast was made possible by producer extraordinaire D. Francis at the legendary Lab 7 Studios in Mo City, Texas.